Welcome to episode 62 of The People on Kei Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Matthew Timmons. And I'm Ben White. Our guests this episode are Adrian Paulus and Aaron Myers. Adrian Paulus has been living in Los Angeles for 15 years. His practice consists of sculpture and drawing, and he recently participated in L.A. Louvre's show Elemental, and is currently in Vision Valley, organized by The Pit at the Brand Library in Glendale. Well, there's like two kinds of energy. There's like the initial like, you know, outburst of just like bouncing around the edges of a piece of paper and like the, the little moments and decisions I make while doing that. And then like, then I step away. They're not, they're not drawings that I keep going back into. Like that's just, it was this moment that happened and like, then it's just another fact in the world. Aaron Myers is a sculptor and video artist who's been living in Los Angeles for two and a half years. He was recently in a show at Tin Flats, put together by Thomas Linder and Camille Schefter, and he participated in the Built-In Symposium, organized by Nicholas Grenier and Hunter Shaw at Naval. We intentionally don't try and be clever. Like, we let the objects be clever themselves without trying to set up too much of an intricate situation. So there's a lot of uh, letting something fall or just letting something crash. And, And there's never any real climax. Among other things, we'll be talking about Adrian and Aaron's work in relationship to an Instagram project they did in 2017 called Inventing the Wheel. And at the end of the show, we're going to hear a song from Shun's brand new album, Oh. The People features the voices and ideas that make up the cultural landscape of Los Angeles, the West Coast, and beyond. It's like a broken record, magically repaired. Adrian Paulus and Aaron Myers, welcome to The People. Yeah, welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for for having us. So maybe a good place to start is to talk about an Instagram account that you guys created together called Inventing the Wheel. You want to tell us about it? Sure. Um, Inventing the Wheel originated about a year and a half ago uh, through a conversation at lunch. We worked together. Uh, I was holding uh, a circular or an eccentric object that was <laughs> circular in nature. And I, uh, you know, mused like, what would it be like to just watch it roll down the loading ramp at work? And let me interrupt you already. And, and I know you don't want to get specific. Yeah. But you guys both work at an art fabric, a high-end art fabrication company. Is that correct? Yeah. Part of the idea of this was that we work on projects that have multi-million dollar production budgets. And in that environment, to make art that didn't cost anything to make and that didn't cost anything to look at, it was distributed freely through the internet. I guess the origin was started out with just sort of like a you know, a joke with not much pretense, you know, and, uh, and then Aaron, who's pretty skeptical of my, uh, social media addiction. <laughs> you know, Unlike the rest of your friends. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, said something about like, Oh, if you video made a video of that and put it on Instagram, I would like that. And then I think he came up with the, uh, name of the, the account, and then I think a few days later, we did our first roll. Uh, I think it was a roll of tape. Right. <laughs> down a piece of a corrugated steel. Well, and it's, it's, it's consistently very mechanical, right? Kind of like dumb mechanical, right? Is that a fair way to yeah. describe it? Or um, basic physics? Yeah, <laughs> very basic. And <laughs> we, ha- we intentionally don't try and be clever like we let the objects be clever themselves without trying to set up too much of an intricate situation so there's a lot of uh you know letting something fall or just letting something crash and and there's never any real climax we've been talking a bunch about how well, there was the animism. We were talking about the animism of some of the objects in the video and thinking about how that relates to other sculptural practices. 
And there's something about mimes and sculpture that that connect and can go in different ways. Or like a, and this isn't an original idea, but the the a mime for a moment you get convinced that this empty space is a wall or a rope. And so that volume for an instant has this duality. And you, even though you know the trick, it works. And a lot of times the sculpture does the same thing where it's just a pile of glass <laughs> or like, like, or something. Yeah. Or some cinder blocks. Or some, yeah, it's exact. Okay. I was not going so close to home, but it's a, a stack of cinder blocks, but there's a moment where it's like a, a human standing in contrapposto and you, and you can't help but assign a verb to the sculpture. Like it's twisting as, as a, not as a Twizzler twist, but as a human twists and, and that, that like duality where a, and, rock or a volume can be perceived as exactly what it is and as something totally different in an mm-hmm. instant it is a profound thing. And so in the videos, there's a lot of not profound stuff going on. There could be like me poking a sh- salt shaker with a knife. <laughs> But because of the weight of the salt in the bottom of the salt shaker, it rocks in this way where the salt shaker has a will. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's resisting you. Yeah, the salt yeah. shaker, like, just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I found that in, like, a lot of our videos. I mean, obviously, since something's moving, it's it's, like, it's a little bit of a cheat to get to that animism, obviously. But, like, but, like, um... The techniques that we were using were pretty, um, they they were stark, you know, like it wasn't like nothing was dressed up, Mm -hmm. but to still have those moments like, like the salt shaker or, or the one with like the little bit of like welding rod on the used grinding disc and you're just sort of like (laughs) pawing at it and, and it's just, even though your hand's not there and you, you just see this, like, sort of, um, I don't know, maybe a little bit of pathos of just, like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, me, me. <laughs> Which I think is, like, you know, and that's social media right there. Just, like, hey, me, me, sure, <laughs> me, I'm here. <laughs> well, is there is there pathos in, in your work, in the, non, in the non-Instagram, in the non-social media work? Well, I, I think that a common thing in both of them is while there might be a reveal, it's not a climactic reveal. Mm -hmm. And just that lack of like conflict and resolution is its own pathos. Like it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like a lot of it is like, is like um, revealing the sort of tedium of it, you know, and, and kind of like, reveling in that tedium like like with the with the drawings like reassembling them or like the fact that like what i do is like stack bricks in my sculptures i mean like just stack and dismantle and restack and dismantle because like you know i have to go through like many uh iterations of doing that before like you know i arrive at a at a composition that i say yeah that's a keeper and uh i think it's I think it's apparent in the work itself. So of that sort of just the, yeah, the, the sort of like tedium of all of that. But like, I mean, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> one, I don't know why this just came to mind, but one of the things in our collaboration that I think is different than either of our practices is the, and I think it actually is a product of the environment mm-hmm. of the shop space where there's a, like people talk about like the male and female fastener or like there's a lot of innuendo mm-hmm. for sure and, and there's yeah. a lot of innuendo in the like I, there's a I can think of a video where I have a kind of a box wrench 
and mm-hmm. I put the end of a box wrench over an Allen key without touching the Allen key and then like clank it around on there. And, you know, it, it, it has that duality that I was talking about before where all of a sudden a box wrench and an Allen key are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that I would also say that that's a big difference, like, between our individual practices and the collaborative work. Yeah. I guess one thing about having um, such like a capital intensive um, business is that there's a lot of scrap that it produces. And that's what we were kind of, you know, working with, like either the scrap of like the piece of metal that or um, just leftover. There's so much tape (laughs) 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 or or just odd little things like, you know, a little a little um, bottle that has oil in it or a used grinding disc. Like, there's just so much like just detritus that's left over from the production of those objects. Right. And especially for these, again, we're not naming names, but like uh, these are these are high end capital H, capital E, high end art objects that everyone who knows anything about art would recognize and and maybe wouldn't imagine the amount of expendables and scraps yeah. that are involved in in creating them. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. part of it. Yeah. And in a way, it's a more, like, you you talked about reading my bio and at me saying that I participate in this kind of trickle-down economy. And in a way, the project was a really direct version of that, where a lot of my friends earn their uh, earn their living from these extremely wealthy galleries and artists selling to a few people in the world. And then they take that money and live and rent a studio and try and make their own work. And in this instance, we shortcutted a lot of that process. We're there working. And in fact, when we did it during a break, we are getting paid. Right. You're actually being paid by your normal job if you're doing them on break. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's lovely. <laughs> we personally talk about different aspects of social media because, you know, I've I've tried Instagram for about a month and I couldn't deal with it. And Adrian's addicted. <laughs> sometimes and, so, and sometimes he's quitting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well addicted. Nitch is addicted. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. True sign of an addict. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you're always quitting. Yeah. yeah. Quitting smoking is easy. I've done it a thousand times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess this is another thing for for listeners to understand is that this is an Instagram account made by two people who have a very, very fraught relationship with social media in general and Instagram specifically. Yeah. And it might be an important moment to mention that one, you guys have already talked about it in the past tense, and I look back and I think the last post was in December, December of twenty seventeen. So yeah. have you are you guys done inventing the wheel? Yes. <laughs> well, He's then, very definitive, so I let it uh, uh tell me about this project in relationship to your other work. Okay, well I would say uh, my work my own personal work is much more systematic, you know, and there's like, there's a, there's plans made ahead of time. And a lot of the work is, uh, um, I mean, there's moments of surprise and within it, but this was like a way of just like doing something fast and not, um, too in my head. To say that your work is involved and pre-planned, I would say that that is the understatement of the century. Yeah. That is a severe <laughs> understatement from but what also, I know about your work. But also, uh, the surprises within your work are beyond what no doubt. you yeah, understated yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, quite as, sure. well, uh, as well. I've never collaborated very much in the past. You know, I've, I've been in some mediocre punk bands, like, and that's... <laughs> When I was younger, I, I would get in arguments with my bandmates because I was like much younger and I felt like I uh, really wanted to assert myself as a creative person. And with this, with, you know, with like making work out of scraps, doing it at a break, um, 
I was able to not take it as seriously. Right. And so I was able to get out of myself a bit. And uh, and I was, I'm also older, so I, I think I just have more emotional maturity. <laughs> sure, we all do at this table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the idea of, like, of forcing yourself to, to do something. Like, if you're used to doing stuff slow and systematically, like, forcing yourself to do something fast and not so systematically. With another person. With another, yeah. and in a collaborative effort. Yeah. Right? That's a big deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, and since we like talked about an overarching context and strategy it then became okay to see what happened and so it was easy for us to suspend different kinds of like critical impulses and just let ideas ride and i think for in both of our practices adrian you can correct me if you disagree. Okay. But we're we're okay with simple ideas. Neither of mm-hmm. us try and lay on a whole bunch of symbolism upon like a, a beginning set of conventions or signs. Like there's no extraneous whoopee cushion on top of our sculptures. <laughs> um, yeah, so both of us are okay with being concise and simple in our work. Yeah. And so that's why we we had an easy time collaborating collaborating together on these. We didn't try and put too much in there. Um, so that's how I would say it was. it's similar to what I do on my own. When I tend to work by myself, I, I make something and it sits there and I like spend a lot of time with it and then keep revising. And I can get very like lost in a dream about like, oh, that's the wrong, that's the wrong flathead screw. <laughs> and no one, I'm the only one. That yeah, no like, one else oh, will notice. It's, yeah. gotta, it's gotta be yeah. a socket cap. It can't be Phillips head. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody else even knows what that means. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That didn't evoke yeah, yeah. an image to yeah. anyone. It's <laughs> a yeah. um, so in that way, it's much different to just let things fall where they do. You're listening to The People and Kei Chung, 16.30 a.m. You can listen to us on uh, Kei Chung Radio every third Sunday at 3 p.m. Or you can go to insertblancpress.net and click on the people at the top of the page. And there you can find this and every past episode for free. You can also find us on iTunes, where you can find all those episodes also for free. And you can find us anywhere that you find podcasts on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Overcast, all of the places. Yeah, and if you're on the iTunes store, uh, take a second to give us a rating and review. It really helps us out. That'd be great. And now we'll return to our conversation with Adrian Paulus and Aaron Myers. So I I know that you guys said that after this, you're going to edit and and try and make us sound more concise and articulate than we we actually are yeah (laughs) you'll maybe finish some of my sentences for me when i leave them dangling but we don't want you to do that well it it relates to something that i was saying earlier about not piling things on top of a basic idea i think both of us are okay with like i had this idea of an object that looks like it's gonna tip from every angle and that's the piece there doesn't necessarily need, neither of us, I think, feel like there needs to be too much on top of something like that. Right. Right. And, and in the same way, it's okay if our sentences are four words. <laughs> I feel like the, you're saying, and I was thinking this earlier, um, that you're kind of saying the old adage, no, no ideas except in things. You know, the inventing the wheel like Instagram, it's like it, that's exactly how it exists. It's like the objects are doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. And, and that's where all the fun is. And, you know. And, and and given in the title, this is related but a little different. Given in the title, like wheels exist, right? So, <laughs> so, so what are we inventing? It's a fact. Really. Yeah, it's a fact. We've seen them. Yeah. So, so there's this conceit that we're not we're inventing which is creating something original but we're not trying to be original and 
you see that like there's a whole list of people that have similar projects. We're not going to say any names. <laughs> and, and, and we're okay walking, walking back through those motions and seeing what's the same and what's different. And yeah. one of the big differences for us was that we, we said there's not very many climactic moments in our clips. Things j just go. Yeah, it was really about just the, the act of doing. Right. Yeah. Well, talk about your work. Like, and we, we heard Adrian yeah. talk about like this project that we started out talking about inventing the wheel, like, like in relationship to that project, like what, what about your own work? Like what, how does it, how is it the same and how is it different? I had this, this, this series that started because I was looking at someone's sculptures whose name I'm not going to say, and I would try and re-engineer them or not re-engineer, but build them based on a set of images. And with that person's work, it was it's really challenging. And a couple of the things after I got the model made, I realized that they had certain symmetries, namely these rotational symmetries that were totally not apparent in person. And so once I made that discovery, it's a pretty simple discovery is like, oh, if a thing has a rotational symmetry, I perceive that it's organized, but I couldn't identify exactly what the organization was. And I was like, okay, that's a that's my sculpture. Right. <laughs> and then one way that the that it's really different is I have a a conceit lately where I've been working in sets of three and I got to three not because there's something magic about three, but because I thought, like, there, there's this thing in relief sculpture where sometimes a figure is shown three times in the same relief. So you can see it in the round, even though you only have, you know, whatever, 120 degrees that you can actually look at it from. So it's like, oh, you need to do something three times to be able to see it from every angle. And then, so at least three. And then um, at the top of a particular sculpture, there's a thing where the a same figure is repeated three times. And I had seen the thing many, like a bunch of instances, and I never noticed that. And so I started thinking, like, what if it was four? I would have figured it out. Sure. So I thought like, oh, if there's four, it's too much. So I got, I got to this kind of sculptural reasoning to have precisely three. <laughs> and and in the, our wheel account, we let it be as many as we could find. There was no, there was no reason to stop until we stopped. <laughs> yeah. Well, early on, you know, probably you know 10 or 15 videos in we did talk about like just like how long we were going to do this for because we knew we could we could do it forever right and but we didn't really see uh a need for that so we just you know loosely said like well maybe about a year and hopefully we get about 100 videos and we made 105 and it started in January of 2017 and ended in early December or so, roughly a year or so. I mean, it was just sort of like, I mean, I know a calendar year and the number 100 are pretty arbitrary, but sure. uh, it seems so like it seemed like enough. And by the time that December rolled around, I was kind of um, trying to get away from social media. I mean, it got, it got really silly. Like, That's the honest we, answer. Like, that's like, yeah. Like, I mean, we would make a video and then we would text it to my wife. And because, like, I was like off of Instagram completely. And then she had access to the account and she would post it for us. And it became just really cumbersome. Well, I know, listen, I know we talked off mic about maybe not talking about this, but like, it's at least three middle aged dudes at this table. Yeah. One not so middle aged. I won't say who that one is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that, that sort of way of dealing with social media, like is a, is a, it's a big deal. 
right? Like it's a big deal to people of our age. I'm saying our. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, right. <laughs> I mean, just go ahead and talk about that. Just like to, to tell us what your deal is with that. Like your 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 fears uh, about dealing with it or being too involved with it or whatever. Oh. Well, I mean, I just, I mean, I'm just like, like everybody's brain is like just, you know, like reverberating in my own because I'm like looking at everybody's stuff all the time. And it's, I just feel like crazy. Right. Half and the it's, time. It, and it, you, you don't and, think it's like a thing that like contributes to like your, uh, your life as an artist or your ability to create well, work. It's like this weird, um, taskmaster, you know? Like, uh, I'll, I've noticed myself like finishing things up to like post on social media. Right. And of course there's been a benefit to that. You know, I, I know I can, I can draw the lines pretty easily between like my, from doing that to like certain shows I've been in. So I, I'm really, um, hesitant to like give it up completely because like I've, received some benefits from it, but I also feel like I'm losing my mind. Right. (laughs) I mean, but do you also feel like to, to abandon it as you have in the past? Like, is that, is are you losing something or like being, you feel disconnected at some point from doing that? Well, I don't feel disconnected, uh, from like art. Why is it so much more difficult to do it over social media? than? Oh, the problem is it's not difficult. It's way too easy. It's too easy. Yeah. 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 But then at the same time, because uh, I remember at some point, um, you know, at an opening, hearing you talking about why you would just quit Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> why you would just stop liking things on Instagram. Yeah, that the that it, it's so easy, and the payoff is like uh, these little likes. But it seems are... like a. I mean, it seems like a bit of a. It's a part of the hustle, is it not? Yeah. I mean, you. You get, you got some shows out of it, right? Like so, it's sure. a part of the hustle, just like having studio visits or showing that, up to openings or whatever, and and that's a giant pain in the ass too. Like, sh- that, sure, that's yeah, that's kind of my skepticism. Is that I was eventually convinced by Adrian to like to participate in this on my with my own name to be a part of the hustle. Yeah, and it's a. It's kind of a cliched analogy, but I did feel like everyone else was like the the frog in a pot that was slowly heating up. And I hopped in and I was like, well, I got to get out of here. <laughs> it's, like, really hot in this, yeah. it's really hot in this pot. It, it was just crazy how quid pro quo everything was. Like when, And all of a sudden I couldn't go to a friend's studio without being aware of whether or not I took pictures. And that really upset sure. me. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't let, like, I, I'm generally making things and then they exist and I let them sit for a while. And so what's nice about that is you could come back a month later and you're like, oh, that's not quite right. I need to change it. And something about taking a picture and sharing it and inhibited me when I would go, like, it stopped me from going back into things that I would have otherwise. Right. For some people, that process of like going to a studio visit and like taking a picture of, of someone's incomplete work or taking a picture of one's own incomplete work just feels like a, a part of an ongoing process. You know, and for me as an older person, like I completely agree with you. It's just like I don't want to It's like, oh, no, I'm not done. But that that might be an old idea. Or an old way of uh, participating in a in a in a in a community, maybe. Yeah, but what I found so refreshing about talking to Aaron is that, you know, like I'm like almost 11 years older than him, Mm -hmm. so like I've I thought um, it would just be like air for him, and then like having someone younger than me like uh, sort of remind me (laughs) (laughs) uh, that it's it's not air, right? (laughs) In fact, you can suffocate on it. Right. Well, just to break the myth that anyone who's not like 40 and listening to the replacements like just is on Instagram all the time and just like <laughs> right. loves, loves social media, right? right? That's just not a true thing, no. right? Yeah, and, you know, I know that I don't have the the mental ability 
to take those pictures and be present. And so I have to choose. And the thing that I chose was to be present. Presence, right. Yeah. Right. In actuality, the social media thing, it's a fad as far as we've experienced it so far. It's pretty new. It's new. It's it's not yeah. it's like it's it's, it's been around. It seems a little too dismissive. I mean, a it little, is all okay. consuming so, of our entire so, lives. Oh, but let's let's overstate it as a way to think about it. Sure. Let's overstate it as let's think of it as a fad. And the truth is is I think that in the art world, I think people are also kind of like coming back and dipping out. I think a lot of people have been dipping out of Facebook, oh, Instagram, sure. like various uh, various social media, uh, you know, means of production, which that's what they are essentially is another means of production. Um, because, uh, and I think you guys are already talking about this, like the Instagram is antithetical to the kind of like reaction that you probably want to get out of like making art in the first place. You don't want people to be like, saw it moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, so. Right. There's the classic, uh, whatever bit like of, you know, people spend three seconds in front of a thing in a gallery or a, or a, a museum or whatever, and then move on. And this is like a, an embodiment <laughs> of that thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that was, it, I think is kind of interesting is, that we haven't mentioned yet is that the project itself was anonymous. There's nothing yeah. on inventing the wheel that lets you know who makes it. Right. And I think that's something that lets it like come in the feed in a different way. Cause it's, it's not clear what's, if anything's being promoted, it's not clear that it's an advertisement, which essentially everything in the feed is advertisement. And then, what I also really like about that is that it's not anonymous to Instagram. Like their data knew exactly who we were. They, <laughs> right. They they knew like where we lived, well, what time we got up, you sure. know, whatever. They knew who I was. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was <laughs> on my phone. But because but because I had followed friends uh, uh, on there, I'm uh, yeah. sure that yeah, yeah. I had done enough people that they're like, Oh, it's it, it's these two. Right. Like yeah. if they cared. <laughs> right. right. They care about everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also by being anonymous, we were kind of freed from like that sort of quid pro quo uh, yeah. aspect of it that it, we have like in our had on our own personal accounts and relationships with people. Like, um, I know there's people who are following that account who probably wouldn't follow me personally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be self-deprecating, but I'm just saying like that's sort of the psychology sure, yeah. of how people interact well the anonymity that you were talking about before yeah. it's like there's no looking at inventing the wheel there's no obligation there's necessarily no obligation to like it right you know because it's not like you adrian being like here's a piece i just did you know or, and it's like well i you know like but it's just like <laughs> oh this is you know that this is anonymous just like people are following it because they think it's cool or right. fun or whatever right yeah and so it's a very sort of as straightforward as you can get in that world, maybe. Yeah. yeah. The system that it's engaging is like a kind of sublime system, but it's also contained in this really small receiving like square or whatever. And it, it did work well for us in that a wheel has some similar properties. It, you know, it, it's a super controlled object really small it can be really yeah. small can be huge <laughs> um but it is like especially here in los angeles it's a it's a very sublime thing like i i like this thought experiment of um i try and imagine how many cars are driving right now you know maybe like two hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. I, I have no idea That's how close generous. that is yeah, yeah. yeah it could yeah. be it could could be a million i don't know yeah, yeah who knows no idea and they they have some average weight of fifteen hundred pounds and some average speed of most of them have four wheels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I just so I think about like, oh, there's that many that that weight, that speed. How much force is that? What does that look like? It's like a meteorite. Right. <laughs> Could it destroy the city? Yeah. Ab oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, and so like there's this typical like ocean, desert, mountain. But really it's all this or 
along with that, there's all this motion carried on axles. But contained on an axle, there's also like this really astounding amount of force moving around that it actually probably has more presence in all of our daily lives. You're listening to The People on Kchung, 1630 AM. I'm Matthew Timmons. And I'm Ben White. Remember to find us on iTunes or, uh, or Stitcher or SoundCloud or anywhere else you get your podcasts. All of the places, absolutely. And you can find us also at insertblancpress.net. Click on The People at the top of the page and you can find all of our past shows for free. Now let's get back to our conversation with Adrian Paulus and Aaron Myers. Well... I mean, I think earlier I was talking about um, my anxiety surrounding social media and my art practice, and I didn't, I don't have that with uh, the inventing the wheel account because it was shot on my phone, uh, and it was seen on others, um, you know, mobile devices. Uh, it was never like intended to be projected large or to be experienced in any other way. So I uh, I don't think anything was lost in that. Whereas like when I, you know, post uh, an image of like a drawing or a sculpture, um, that's not really how I want people in the end to experience my work. You know, I want them to see it in, um, in a physical space and to like get into it by, um, you know, examining how it was made and like, you know, like try, hopefully people can get into like my thought process of like, of of making a thing. And, uh, and so like, for example, talk about some of the drawing pieces that you do, like how those are made. Well, the drawings usually, um, well, no, they always start out with like, um, a sort of very uh, gestural drawing, you know, like basically like a, it's like a record of uh, of movement and decisions, and then that I kind of that just becomes a fact in the world in itself, and then I cut it up and you know along a grid and uh, reassemble it and like usually it's like a way of um, to to get it to interfere with itself. And so like the drawing, there's no like new information added into it. It's just like, uh, it's a reconfiguration, a reconfiguration. And and then like new forms emerge from that. And then, and then those are the sort of surprises that, so even though it's like this very like, uh, systematic way of going about making something as like, I assemble it, like, uh, I don't know what it's going to look like in the end. And I'm always like, you know, the pleasure is like finding those like odd moments of it, you know, sort of like of it overlaying. And the viewer and the viewer is privy to the same exact surprise that you get out of that simple Mm -hmm. process. Right. I mean, I don't mean to harp on the simple. That's not what I meant. Yeah. But by a, by an, uh, systematic, systematic Mm -hmm. operation, like you, give the viewer the same surprise that you get out of it. Yeah, because way, like because right? in a way like the whole act of uh cutting it up and reconfiguring it I mean like I forget what the original drawing looked like, you know, because I don't um I don't that's actually one aspect of my <laughs> uh personal practice like where I have a little bit of restraint where I don't post images of the original drawings you know mm-hmm. I, I i mean i just started photographing them for my own personal records but like um so like it's like this act of forgetting those drawings they also they have so much like you talk about restraint and systems and they have so much restrained energy <laughs> yeah well there's like two kinds of energy there's like the initial like you know outburst of just like bouncing around the edges of a piece of paper and like the the little moments and decisions I make while doing that and then like then I step away you know that, that usually takes about like 
I mean, that's done in an afternoon. Like they're not they're not drawings that I keep going back into. Like that's just it was this moment that happened, and like then it's just another fact in the world. Tell us about the like that moment between the, like the initial gesture and the stepping away, and then what happens after you step away. Usually, it hangs out in my um, flat file for a while, or it, it goes on the wall, and I just sort of hang out with it for a while, and then. And then I decide, like, well, is this going to be shifted, like, you know, 20 spaces or two spaces, you know, and, <laughs> you know, or, or right now what I'm making, I'm making a lot of a square drawings and those are, again, like half the information, like half the, the drawing stays in its original coordinate position and then the other half like comes out and like rotates 90 and goes back down on itself. Do I want to rotate clockwise or counterclockwise on this one right so as far as i mean if we're talking about the like your like social media stuff and venting the wheel stuff where it's just like there's no like the way that people relate to it is like direct yeah the way that it's made like the the, your drawings yeah your sculptures to a certain extent i would say like that that's a different relationship that you want people to have to it right i don't expect anybody to like look at my work and like reverse engineer it, you know, really because that's someone's gonna try. Oh yeah. man, I well, that's I mean, what like, I do when I well, see your work is like try and reverse engineer it, the sculptures but, but, and the drawings. Well, I'm happy to throw a few bones, you yeah. know, and like <laughs> like the grids, especially the mm-hmm. drawing grids, especially mm-hmm. just like there's a clearly a very regimented system involved in making those things. Like even if I didn't know you, like I would I would assume that. And kind of mm-hmm. the same thing with the sculptures. It's like, yeah, like the, they're very like, systematic. Yeah, you know, and and it's a it is a conf- is it a it's a kind of confusing and slash very interesting like thing to try and figure out the process to re to reverse engineer the process. Well, yeah, I mean, I I look at people's other people's works and like I like to think about how they went about making them. Yeah, so that's something I do, and when looking at art. Um, I think I just lay it a little more bare for um, in my own. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of nice that I when I see a lot of those drawings, I can tell what the essential ingredients of the process were. But if I try and precisely identify the system that you use, I'm totally confounded. Right. And that's <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't expect people. Like you don't have to like totally get it to like enjoy it or or to like get something from the work. Absolutely. But, I mean, I think part of it is that it evokes like right, a kind of a right. reverse engineering, but but most of the time, I think it confounds that as well, and that's a really wonderful place to be. Yeah, yeah and there's a thing about it that seems within like as a viewer, it seems within my grasp to reverse engineer yeah. it. Yeah. But it's not right at all. Yeah, and, and on some uh, level, it's not like you're doing these. Let's remember, you're not doing elaborate no. operations. But somehow, what's great is, I mean, it's it's a it's a technique where it's like a simple shift, mm-hmm. but it changes everything mm-hmm. in this beautiful way. Yeah, just and, to turn yeah. it ninety degrees or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. That makes a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And what you were saying before about um, these like translations in media and i was saying that i'm kind of skeptical of it sometimes but i've also found it to be a pretty generative thing there i I have a project going involving these um line sculptures and it started because i was looking at some existing like things drawn with wire so they're Mm three-dimensional but they're a drawing and when they get photographed, they kind of collapse to that angle to 2D. Mm-hmm. And and I was thinking and I was like, oh, well, what couldn't do that? <laughs> and the first thing that I've seen is a knot, like you can't collapse a knot. And then a little later I realized if there's something inside the line, then you can't crush it anymore. Mm-hmm. So... I decided to use gas lines. So I, I 
like a copper tube that has gas flowing through it. And so I had this idea of a drawing with a copper tube. There'd be gas, there'd be a little flame, and whatever vantage, you could never totally collapse it flat because it had this interior that you were aware of by the flame. And then, um, but I didn't know <laughs> what uh, what my drawing would be of. <laughs> right. And at the same time, I was reading the story of uh, where these two characters were performing as cavemen in the natural history exhibit. George Saunders. It, it, no, 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 we're not names. naming names. Oh, <laughs> And that was amazingly loud. Sorry, we have to take a we, break. That has to stay in. Sorry, there were two characters. Yeah, that we'll were, have to, uh, man, yeah. we'll have to dial that one down. It's yeah. huge. Anyway, this unknown author who we will there, there were two characters sure. that were acting as cavemen in this natural history exhibit, and at one point they're given a fake goat to roast, and and that image of like the fake animal roasting I was like, oh animals i'm gonna try so there's a so of those sculptures there's a duck there's a flamingo there's a dead turtle and they all are drawn with a copper tube and a gas bottle and a small flame at the end the two cave people before they get the fake goat they get real goats and and the goat comes in a shoot and every day they get up and they're like, oh, is there a goat in the shoot? Gosh, no goat. And that's how I feel when I check my email. I look, no goat. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm just waiting for this thing. That... Or check how many likes you, yeah. you're getting. Yeah. No goat. Yeah, no goat. Yeah. <laughs> just a little goat, not enough. Well, Adrian Paulez and... Aaron Myers, thanks for being on the Yeah, people. thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks Thank so you much for Chase. having us. This is a real pleasure. You've been listening to The People on K-Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Ben White. And I'm Matthew Timmons. Remember, you can find us anywhere where you find podcasts, where you download your podcasts. And if any of those places that you download your podcasts give you the opportunity to give us a rating or a review or whatever, please take a, take a second and, and do it for us. It really helps us out. That would be great. And of course, you can find us at insertblancpress.net and just click on the people at the top of the page. Our theme song, as always, is Ock Fifth by Lewis Keller. And we'll close out the show with a track from Shun's new album, O, just released last week from Darrow Arcade. How do you spell that? S-S-I-O-N. Yeah. Shun. And the name of the song is At Least the Sky is Blue featuring Ariel Pink.
do is like stack break stack break stack break 